Welcome into this week's edition of Talking Ball. My name is Jerry Hamilton, joined as always by Rod Babers, uh, lifetime Longhorn, one of the best technicians Texas has ever produced in the corner. Rod, uh, we got a lot to talk about. It's Alabama week, coming off the season opener against Rice. We're going to talk about Sark's press conference for a second. Um, then we're going to get into Daniel Cruz, commitment, Mm-hmm. Eight kibble commitment and top offensive line target remaining on the board. Five star tackle Brandon Baker out of modern day. Then we're going to wrap up the show with your thoughts on the Texas offensive line play versus Rice and Texas versus Bama. What they're going into, what are they going to have to do? Well, there's a lot they can clean up, but what are they going to have to do to hold up at the point of attack against Alabama? Before we get into the show, though, I want to take a second to uh, talk about our. Welcome our newest sponsor. That's John Donovan, president of Longhorn Wealth Management Group. In his more than 30 years of practice, John, as a CFP, has been providing total wealth management services and solutions for all his clients. John is a proud UT grad and has served 14 years as the Dallas, Texas X board member. He shares his passion for UT with his wife and six siblings, all of whom are UT grads. It is his passion that led John to dedicate his firm to serving his fellow UT alumni, employee, family, and friends. So to learn how Longhorn Wealth Management can orchestrate prosperity for you and your loved ones, give John a call at 972-707-4900 or visit him at longhornwealth.net. Again, thank you very much to John Donovan, president of Longhorn Wealth Management Group, for being the sole sponsor of Talking Ball with myself and Rod Babers. Rod, Sark's press conference, he had been really happy, jovial, all fall camp. The day when he talked about the offensive line, I just say he was a little teed off, but I'm going to say he was a little teed off. I, I, I don't know if you had any takeaways from that. Uh, yeah, uh, I think he was a little uh, disappointed uh, in his offensive line versus Rice in a number of ways. I think pass protection is probably his number one. That's probably more disappointing in himself and the coaches uh, for not being able to remedy that issue because we'll get deeper into it. That's something that actually uh, came up last season at the end of last season. Um, but also, uh, you know, they didn't impose their will. That's right. You want to see them. Uh, we talked about this about the running game without Bijan, without Rojo. You want to see that offensive line assert themselves and they become kind of the, you know, the imposing force in that running game. I don't think we saw that. I don't think we saw that at all. And I think that's Sark's disappointment. You know, he wants to play bully ball and that was not what you did versus Rice. Hey, Rod, that's a perfect lead in for somebody who's imposing their will on Friday nights. <laughs> Daniel Cruz is the hey, center man. Commitment for the University of Texas. Hey, man. He's an underranked prospect in the on 300, ranked 200 in the country. And if there's 200 better players than him, I need to get out more. Okay. <laughs> uh, Daniel Cruz is 6'3, about 297. For those that don't know, he's at Richland High in North Richland Hills, right there, a little northeast of Fort Worth. Uh, but Daniel Cruz picked Texas over Ohio State, Oklahoma, AM, Tennessee, Alabama, everybody. He was the number one center prospect on the board at Texas, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Texas AM. He played left tackle, defensive tackle. Saw he's been a starter on the 5A and 6A level since his freshman year. Rare, Ooh. very rare for offensive linemen to start at big school football. Oh, yeah. So he's naturally strong. That's what I always say about those guys. They're naturally strong. Mm-hmm. So he's been – this is his fourth year starting. But this year, kudos to the Richland staff, Rod. They're letting him play center. 
Is that the best position for their team? Probably not. Him at left tackle is the best position for their team. But they've put that aside to help his development. He's playing center. These are his first two games at center we're going to watch on huddle while you talk about him as a prospect. Rod, <laughs> what did you see about from this guy other than him taking souls on Friday nights? Um, I mean, I wrote down simply uh, my best athlete uh, lineman in the class. So he's a lineman, period. He's a lineman. Yeah, offense or defense. I mean, I see them playing D tackle. I see them at uh, offensive tackle, playing guard. Now you're talking about the guy playing center. And now he's playing center, excelling at yes. center. Been able to impose his will, which we just talked about at center. I wrote down he's a mauler. I mean, he, he is. And I love that he runs his feet on contact. The feet don't stop, baby. You can tell once yeah. he gets contact, he's revving his feet up. I love that about him. Drives his feet when he engages. And he's a nasty, violent human being on the football field. I'm sure off the yeah. football field is a very nice young man. A, he has the biggest smile, the laughing, exactly. the guy off the field. Blip. Rod, you know who he reminds me of? Plays a different position. Casey Stuttered. Oh, mentality, that, mentality of stutter. I love that because that guy once told me, hey, man, football is just a 60 minute fight. That's All right. right. So you guys basically need a lineman who's prepared to get into a fight on every play. That was Casey Stutter's attitude. That seems like that's Daniel Cruz's attitude. Too. He's ready to get into a fight on every play. I love his game. I just love how. You know, when you have a guy that can play that many positions on the O line, first of all, you're talking about football IQ got to be through the roof, That's right? You're talking about great call, yes. Great so, call. in terms of his cerebral acumen, I mean, you're talking about the next level, uh, but also a guy who naturally, maybe not even naturally, maybe he's been taught really well, but he understands leverage, right? He understands how to how how how, how to take on blocks and also how to make a block. I mean, he's played on both sides of the ball. I do think a guy that can play on both sides of the ball, it naturally increases your football IQ. Uh, I think it, 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 you understand how the opposing side wants to attack and exploit you. I mean, he's just he, – he's one of those guys that I think I – I don't exactly know where you guys project him. I've seen the interior center, He's a center all the way, center okay. all the way for Texas. Uh, well, yeah, man. And right. And it, exactly. That's crazy that he's never played the center position besides this season. Were they projecting him for that? Yeah. Uh, prior to this year? Yeah. They were projecting him for that. Wow. And he had snapped in practices, but he never played it in a game. That huddle, Texas fan, Jill just watched. That was his that's first phenomenal. start at center ever. That's phenomenal. Ever. And Rod, what you said about him is so true. It's one thing to play left tackle at the high school level and then go play some D tackle. He played in that game right there. He played center. <laughs> and here's his second game against Haltom, poor Haltom. And then uh, oh, he yes. played defensive tackle too. So not only does he have it on his plate that he's the center making the calls, he turns around and plays D tackle. So what does that say for his football stamina and his yes. toughness? Amen, brother. We had that conversation this weekend about Travis Hunter. Yep. Colorado, right? Football stamina is a big thing. Not everybody has it. You talk about this young man. He's definitely got a lot of it. Important on the O-line. And, that, and that's Daniel Cruz, guys. Are you watching Daniel Cruz here? He just pulled from the center position in a second start. Athleticism. Okay. Hey, yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, now. That opens up a little bit of stuff now for Kyle Flood and those guys. I mean, Texas had not had anybody that could pull at center. That's nightmare uh, fuel. I'm a he, DB. That's he, nightmare fuel for a young DB like me, man. You see Daniel Cruz pulling around, and Coach is like, all right, set the edge. He's like, set the edge. Set the edge. <laughs> look, at that, oh, look at what that guy just tried to do. And he got <laughs> stepped over. But then Kenny Cruz bounces up off his feet, chases the play down. I'm, look, man, that, hey, if there's a – I think he's the number two ranked center in the country, okay? Wow. But 
He's ranked 200th best player in the country. I've been doing this a long time, Rod. That guy's a lot better than the 200th ranked best player. Yeah, I'm, I'm with uh, you, man. I love his game. He, he's fun to watch for alignment, and you can't yeah. say that about all linemen. He's fun to watch. The great call, great call. So that, guys, is Daniel Cruz, um, the center commitment in the Texas class. Hey, Texas has done a good job recruiting that center position. Connor Robertson's a solid prospect. Cole Hudson came to Texas wanting to play center. And I like both those guys a lot, but that's a different talent level right there. And Daniel Cruz. How tough is center to project from the high school level? Extremely if they've never snapped. So when, when I was with the Under Armour game, we tried for two or three years to take a guard and make him a center. It didn't work in that all-star game setting because he's lined up across oh, from elite personnel, elite personnel. Yeah. And that guy just mauls him. Right. Yeah. So what we started doing, we, for our under armor game to make it the best game possible, we actually had to take a guy who's played center before mm. in the game. And yeah. so it's really hard to project. Daniel Cruz had snapped it. He snapped it enough in the spring where Texas, Oklahoma, all those people really could truly project him at center. But I think the other thing with Cruz is once they talked to him, they knew he mentally had it, right? And yeah, exactly. Staff, yep. Totally it's underrated at that position. Oh, I mean, it's the quarterback of the O-line. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if, and, and we're going to talk about it later with Bama. Communication in that loud environment is going to be everything pre-snap on the offensive line. Everything. So we'll yep. talk about that more. We also want to talk about the second offensive line commitment. Nate Kibble out of Atascacita High. Plays for former Texas A&M quarterback Craig Stump. Really good offensive mind. Uh, Texas beat out Texas A&M TCU for Kibble this summer. What was interesting about that is high school teammate, friend of Cam Dewberry, who starts at A&M. Kenyon Green, obviously, is from Atascacita, went mm -hmm. to A&M. Texas did have some success at Atascacita, but it wasn't truly University of Texas success. Tom Herman, Corby Meekins, and all those guys had Sam Cosme committed to Houston when they were the head coaching staff at Houston. Then they moved to Texas. Cosme flipped to Texas. The rest is history, obviously, an NFL draft pick. So Nate Kibble is the latest in a pretty good line of Power 5 talented offensive linemen who went on to be drafted. I think Cam Dubair will be drafted one day. But Nate Kibble, guys, another four-year starter at the 6A level of football in the state of Texas. That's, That's very hard. rare, very rare. So Texas has two naturally strong guys. Nate Kibble, 6'2 and a quarter, 6'2 and a half, about 305, 3'10", 81-inch wingspan. So got really long Ooh. arm for his height. He plays right tackle at Tascacita, but he's going to move in the guard at Texas. So, Rod, when you watch Nate, I was there's a couple of senior games up on his huddle, then there's his junior tape. What did you like about – here's Nate Kibble at right tackle right here. So that's 79 there. What did you like about Nate Kibble? Well, the projection is you're moving him into guard. I like the fact that he's athletic, right? Yeah. You see this in the NFL all the time. You know, they have a, a tackle from the college level. He's athletic. They move him into guard. And a lot of the reason is for that because your interior defense alignment, hell, look at Texas, they're becoming more and more freakishly athletic. You got more and more freaks on the inside like that, and you need athleticism for those guys. So I like the fact that he's an athletic guy, plays tackle. So, But when you move him inside, he's going to have, hopefully, an athletic advantage over some of those guys. Rod, you saw, you saw that with that little pool right there on tape, yes. right? Yes. He had a little too much depth, but you saw his athleticism. Yep, he can adjust. Exactly. This is a guy that can move around. He can adjust. I love that for his game. Also, what I liked about him, I mean, he's got a nasty disposition. You can watch him try. He wants to finish plays at yep. the end. 
He plays with a nasty disposition. He wants to play bully ball. And I want to say I like that about all of these guys. I, I noted that about every last one of the prospects here. They finish blocks. Yeah. I mean, you can tell that's an emphasis. That's something that Kyle Fuzz looking at. Will the guy finish a block, finish with an, with attitude, finish a block with an attitude, with emphasis? He's looking for that. You know, usually pass blocking is something that's really hard at the at the high school level to project because you're not going up against elite pass rushers. So, you know, most of the times those guys can dominate. Run blocking, though, a lot of it's effort. Yeah. All right. You can see a guy effort and you can see that kind of natural power. Uh, you see that with Nate Kibble, man. He's got great effort. He wants to finish those blocks. He's trying to get a pancake on damn near every play that he can. Yeah. And uh, I love that about his attitude. Good leg drive, too. Good leg drive. Good really leg good drive. leg drive. Really good yeah. offensive line coach at Tascasita over there. And the tape you watched was Dickinson High. They just beat Katie High last week at Tascasita. Oh, you better have good line play. You're going to beat Katie. So, <laughs> the only way to do it. So, the Tascasita, now here it is. Here's against Katie last week. And again, look, I mean, they, they, he plays on talented team. That running back, Tory Blaylock's one of the top 20, 25. There you see Nate. Nate Kibble's a second-level second, uh, mover at guard yep. to me, Rod, when he gets yep. to the next level. I think that's one of the things. He's got the feet and the body quickness to work to that second level. And that's the beauty of it, too. Yeah, when you got a guy that's athletic, you can have those second-level blocks, right? You can have, you can trust him to get to the second level and still be able to engage. Uh, that's another uh, advantage of having a guy athletic that you can move inside. You know, it's pretty obvious what they, the guys that they're recruiting, though, they're, they're recruiting maulers that can finish blocks in the running game. I think they figure they can teach them the pass blocking techniques, right. but they want guys naturally that are run. You talk about it, that are the guys who drive in the running game. They finish, they finish blocks and they want to maul. They want to be maulers. And there, there's a kibble again against Katie high and moving to the SEC. Better have those guys. <laughs> Look at better that. have those guys. All right, Rod, we're going to talk about the last – well, the number one offensive target left on the board. Look, Texas wants to – they want to add pieces to that offensive line class, obviously. Um, but Brandon Baker, the five-star offensive tackle out of modern day in, in Santa Ana, California, he is the top offensive line target on the board. Texas, Oregon, Ohio State right now. Nebraska is the fourth team. He's making an official visit there September 16th. But Intel we're receiving with myself inside Texas on three – Oregon was a big favorite. They kind of slipped. His brother played there. They've slipped a little bit. That doesn't mean he still can't go to Oregon, but there's been some positive juice on Texas here in the last three or four mm -hmm. weeks. Uh, and Ohio State's also in it. So that's a little bit on Brandon Baker. But Brandon Baker, the player, Rod, he's a right tackle. Texas is recruiting him to play right tackle. Um, it, it fits for Texas because Christian Jones is a senior, right? Cam Williams, while well, he's a talented guy, unless there's an injury, will have no starts. Uh, Brandon Baker being an early enrollee, kind of a, a pretty good sales pitch there. Uh, there you see Brandon Baker, great feet, Rod, body quickness. Yes. What did you see on tape that you liked with Brandon Baker? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands on off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Uh, yeah, I mean, he basically seems like one of those guys that if you can put like maybe 30, 20, 20 pounds on him, he's plug and play and ready to go. He's slender. I mean, yeah. for a big guy. So he looks like he's got, got kind of framed. You can put some weight on him. And he really, it really wouldn't make a bit of a difference. In fact, he probably would add a lot of power to his game. But he's got natural power, too. He puts guys on skates. Yes. I mean, he, I've seen it a couple of times. You can see defenders literally, they're fighting. They're trying to fight through the block. And he's putting them on skates. And he's moving them backwards. He's one of those guys that can reset the line of scrimmage for you. Love that about his game. Also, um, I like the fact that he's athletic enough to, to to square to stay square in front of defenders. Stay square. That's the thing, right? Yes. He, yeah. You. I mean, he doesn't get turned very often. If he wants to set his, it, it really set his stance on a guy uh, and really stalemate him, you can see him do that. But if he wants to push a guy, like you said, in the run game and put someone on skates, you can see that too. He's he's pretty much got all the raw materials to be a plug and play player. Once you put about, I say, a little extra weight on him. I'm saying twenty pounds of nutrition and, uh, you know, uh, strength and conditioning, right. uh, you know, uh, coach with the weight room. I think you put that on him and skill wise, he looks like he's got all the kind of the, the close to the finished product skill wise though. And Texas fans, this is his junior highlight. We've been playing senior highlights of Daniel Cruz and Nate Kibble. This is all yeah. junior highlights of Brandon mm -hmm. Baker. So, and for Texas fans that don't know a lot about modern day, they're playing a national schedule. This is the number one ranked high school team in the country this year. They have the top 2025 running back target on the board, Jordan Davison uh, and Marcus Harris, one of the top 2025 receivers on the board for Texas. But this is junior video, Brandon Baker. This is him at 285. He's 303. Exactly. He's, he's 303. Right. Yeah, he, he does. He's 303 as a senior. So I'm really interested okay. to see that senior tape. Uh, but I agree with you, Rod. He's going to play at 325. He's 6'4 and a half, 81, 82 inch wingspan. He's going to play at 325 one day. But yeah, this is junior tape. And that is a all five starters of Power Five football are off uh, are going to play Power Five football on the offensive line there for Modern Day. Very talented team. So again, uh, we'll see when Brandon make, Baker makes that decision. I think it could be in the September, early October. Texas is right there uh, with uh, more than a puncher's chance. So we'll see what happens. Uh, there long-term for Texas here in the Ooh. next few weeks. Actually, not long-term, next few weeks. Before we get to Rod's thoughts on Rice offensive line play and then what it's going to take against Bama, let's take one uh, little another minute here for our newest sponsor, the sole sponsor of Talking Ball. That's John Donovan, president of Longhorn Wealth Management Group. Thank you very much for being our sponsor of this show. In his more than 30 years of practice, John, as a CFP, has been providing total wealth management services and solutions for his clients. John is a proud University of Texas graduate and has served 14 years as a Dallas, Texas Exes board member. He shares his passion for University of Texas with his wife and six siblings, all of whom are also UT grads. It's his, pa it's his passion that led John to dedicate his firm to serving his fellow UT alumni, employees, family, and friends. So to learn how Longhorn Wealth can orchestrate prosperity for you and your loved ones. Give John a call at 972-707-4900 or visit longhornwealth.net. Thank you again to John Donovan, president of Longhorn Wealth Management Group, for being the sole sponsor of Talking Ball. All right, Rod, we mentioned it when we began this. Sark wasn't real pleased with the physicality of his offensive line. I thought that stood out to me, along with the missignments, okay? I think the assignments are easier to correct 
than a lack of physicality in a way. But is there a better game to be going into after playing not as well as you want to being able to coach? You won 37-10, but you can still jump some guys this week. Uh, I, is, yeah, there no, better, is there a better scenario for Texas than that with Flood and Sark? Well, yeah, because if you don't solve your problems on the line of scrimmage against Bama, they will surely be exposed, and you, and and, and they they will impose their will on you, yes. uh, and and it won't be the uh, the competitive game that we all hope it's gonna be. I I think they will fix those issues. I'm not saying that uh, Texas won't make mistakes in pass protection. Um, the biggest concern for me in the Rice game is honestly because. I have watched all those sacks from 2022. I went back and watched every single one, every single play. Went back and tracked all of them, trying to figure out exactly what concepts, what pressure packages were effective versus Texas. And really, there was no consistent uh, scheme or no consistent concept that was really effective versus Texas until Dave Aranda and Baylor broke out their simulated pressure packages. And they got five sacks against Texas. And four of the five included uh, simulated pressures and or what are called amoeba fronts or what I call ghost fronts. You seven, eight guys to line yeah. of scrimmage. You simulate pressure, which means it looks like a blitz, but you're only sending four and you're going to end up dropping three or sending three and dropping four either way. But your line does not know exactly who's coming. Um, and then that's the way to confuse the pass protections of the offensive linemen. They have trouble passing off defenders in pass protection, yeah. especially when you got him twisting and stunting, which also Rice did, which also Dave Miranda did uh, versus uh, versus Texas on uh, that Baylor scheme. And then also Rice added a new little wrinkle. They brought defenders from the second level at times on blitzes and then also added twists and stunts with that. So what I'm confer- concerned about, Jerry, is that the blueprint is out on how to pressure Texas uh, in predictable passing situations. And that is ghost and amoeba fronts, with twists and stunts and simulated pressures. Is that, is that middle pressure? Are teams yes. trying to attack the middle? Because yes. Quinn's not a, a dual-threat quarterback. So you yes. attack a pocket guy up the middle and take away his comfort zone, right? Exactly. exactly. And, 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 Jerry, also, you know, usually the quarterback in, in a lot of pass protections is responsible for the free rusher. So you're trying to create a free rusher so that your quarterback, Quinn Ewers, has more to process. He's thinking yes. about that free rusher coming yes. at him rather than thinking about the, the progression in the passing concept. So that's what worries me is that it, it it's, a, it's a something that really was a problem for Texas at the end of last season against Dave Aranda and Baylor. And they obviously the coaches saw it. Um, and then it pops up again versus Rice, which means Rice watched the same film I did came up with the same scheme that I came up with that this is how you pressure Texas. And then I went deeper and I found out that Nick Saban, Alabama, they got three sacks last season, and two of their three sacks came on simulated pressures. So it's very possible that Dave Aranda went deeper, and right. he got his idea from Nick Saban from last season and just took it to an extreme, and now you got full circle coming back to the man who might have inspired the blueprint on how to pressure Texas, and now he's got it uh, refined and clarified <laughs> with great detail. <laughs> so let's talk about – just what's in front of this Texas offensive line going to Bryant-Denny Stadium. I, I, I've said, and I know it's never one position, okay? It's a team sport. But there's a lot of pressure on an offensive line, especially the Texas offensive line going into this game because Sark wants to stretch the field vertically. You have a quarterback that's a pocket passer. Um, he's playing against the team that knocked him out of four games last year too, by the way. Okay. But then you have playing 
and there's some people say, well, Alabama's not that loud of a stadium. I'm like, yeah, it is. There's going to be a hundred thousand people that hate Texas. (laughs) It's going to be really loud. Okay. Um, So then it becomes communication before anything else. Jake majors has the most difficult job in college football Saturday because he's the center at the university of Texas playing at Alabama. And he has to get everybody on the same page pre-snap. What do you think's in front of this Texas offensive line against Bama? Um, I, I think they need help from uh, from Sark, the play caller, right? You want to stay out of those situations where they can be exposed with all of those different concepts and pressure packages we brought up. And the way you do that is you stay ahead of the chains. Yep. I heard uh, on Longhorn Network them say that on in the Rice game, Texas yards to gain on third down. 8.9? Whoa! I, I, I saw that too. It blew my mind. Bro, that, that, Jerry, if that's the case versus Bama, mm. you, might, you might as well pack it up, man. They got yeah. no shot. You got yeah. no shot. No. So for me, I think uh, you you said it. It is going. It's a, it's a it's a team effort. It's going. It's going to be all encompassing, and that includes O line, receivers, quarterback, and start too. You got to stay out of those situations on third and wrong and really long, where you can be exposed. You get to third and manageable, second and manageable. That also means Sark can't. I hate to say it, he can't throw the ball on, on first down deep as much as he, he's been doing. 48% of the time last season in this last game versus Rice, four of the six deep balls were on first down. Ryan Robeson pointed that out in the postgame as well, same as you did, Rod. Right? If, yeah. you're, if your running game's not working, think about that, Jerry. Your running game's not working really well, which it wasn't in the first half. And then on first down, you're throwing it deep. So you put you're behind the chains and you don't have Bijan and Rojo to bail you out. Yeah. And that can be a really, you know, compromising position to put your quarterback in. So I think Sark is going to have a game plan built on the short high percentage passing game, a RPO heavy and getting the ball out of Quinn Ewers hands before that pass rush can even get home and yeah. throwing, throwing on early downs. So they have manageable second and third downs and really kind of allowing that 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 offensive line, giving them really the element of surprise where there is less predictable um, depending on what Texas wants to do situationally. And and that's it, Rod. I mean, your short passing game may have to be your running game at Alabama. But you're not going to line up and just hand the ball off and run power against Alabama. Not on the road. It's not going to happen, right? Uh, This offensive line is still a year away probably from – being at that level, I think, as they continue to get more experience. Uh, but it'll be very interesting Saturday. But, again, great week to be Kyle Flood and Sark because you won a game. Mm-hmm. You did not play as well up front, nearly as well up front as you want or your expectations are. So this is one of those games people used to say, well, Alabama only beat Kent State 20-10. to 10. Yeah, Nick Saban's happy about it because now he can go jump some ass for a week, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like maybe, you know, he Nick liked winning those games ugly. Uh, Texas didn't win ugly. They dominated defensively, but offensively they won ugly. Yep. I mean, they can be. Yeah, and we know Sark built this team to compete in what he says is the college football playoff. Right. Right? Speed on the outside, big humans, and girth and mass on the inside on the lines of scrimmage. This is a line of scrimmage game against yes. Alabama. And you've been beef pancake factory's been helping you beef up the offensive line. It's at probably, you know, it's it's at, at its best talent level, probably since what mid 2000s Yes, I agree. On the O line. Yeah. D line is actually a strength. You played 12 D linemen versus Rice, not a lot of drop-off. That D line is as deep as it's been in a really long time, too. As you point out, Jerry, though, this is the test. You want to talk about the ultimate test for your line of scrimmage experiment you've been building here in Texas? This is it. We'll see if actually Texas has built themselves a college football playoff worthy 
line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. And there you go. That's Rod Babers. Uh, my name is Jerry Hamilton. You've been listening to Talk and Ball. Much more thoughts, many more thoughts from Rod on this Texas-Alabama matchup on the Tuesday night live stream with myself. Uh, and I think we're going to be joined by Brian Irwin this week, Rod. Coach oh, Irwin nice. won two state titles at Lamarck. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be you, you, myself, and Coach Irwin breaking down this Bama-Texas game on Tuesday right. night. I'm not sure if Bobby's going to join us as well. But thank you very much, all, all you Texas fans, for joining us on another episode of Talking Ball. And we will talk to you Tuesday night. Welcome.